0: Welding instructor Alex DeClair knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.comslash Metaverse Impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello besties, welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. My name is Maddie. I'm your host and I am so happy that you're here. Before we get started, if you haven't already, make sure you go subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts. And also, I just want to say thanks to everybody who shares episodes on their Instagram or Twitter or whatever it may be. That is really the most helpful thing you can do to help the podcast grow. I don't even think you guys know how much it means to me when you do that. So, If you post the episode, tag me, let me know what you think. And let's get into our love-hate segment for this week. So let's talk about my loves. Well, I only really had one. Oh, no, I have two. Olivia Rodrigo. I mean, she's my number one love. I love everything that she's doing. I saw her on SNL a few weeks ago. I obviously her driver's license. I wasn't super invested, but then her new album Sour came out. And the chokehold that this album has on me. Remains unmatched. My favorite songs, it, I've been asked a few times, so I'll let you guys know. Trader, Happier, One Step Forward, Three Steps Back, Favorite Crime, and Enough for You. Oh my gosh, she's so talented, so young, so angry. I love her. I love this album, and I think that she's amazing. So she's number one. Let's say she's number one and number two on this week's love hate list. Or I mean, she's on my love list, but number two thing that I love this week it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Well, By the time this comes out, I think maybe it will be over, but when I'm recording, it's currently Mental Health Awareness Month, and that's great. It's good to talk about and take care of yourself, but I'm going to give you one big, fat, hot take about this, okay? The best thing that you can do for the well-being of those around you and to care for the mental health of people is to not be a giant Dong to anyone. Okay. Here are some things that you can do as a friend that will save the mental health of those around you. Because here's the thing we all talk about self care and what we do for ourselves when we're having a hard day. But are we talking enough about the things that we do for other people or maybe the harmful things that we're not realizing that we're doing that are maybe hurting the mental health of our friends and family? It's good to be self aware. So let's talk about things that you can do to help others' mental health. Number one, stop getting mad at petty things. Did your friend cancel dinner? Get over it. Maybe they're having a hard day. Forgive them. They're trying, okay? I hate nothing more than when I can't go to something or I don't want to or I'm not feeling like it and then I get in trouble for it or somebody gets mad at me for it or makes me feel bad for it. That is a recipe for a bad mental health day, okay? Second thing you can do, text your friends back and text them back in a cheerful manner. Don't leave them on red. Don't make them think you're mad they're nervous and they're overthinking. We've all been on the other side of that. Another thing, tell them randomly that you like them and you're not mad at them. Matt and I started doing this just randomly throughout the day. We'll text each other and just be like, hey, in case it's on your mind, in case you're thinking about it, I'm not mad at you and I think you're wonderful. You know how many downward spirals this has saved us? This will save your friends. Just text them. We all know that feeling of laying in bed and being like, are they mad at me? Did I say something wrong? Let's just ease that worry for them. The last thing that you can do, don't yell at customer service people. You don't know what they're going through. Their job probably sucks. They also don't make the rules that you're mad at and it's not their fault. So shut up and be nice to them so they don't go home and lock themselves in their room and cry while watching Glee. So yeah, like I said, taking care of your own mental health, amazing. But remember that you have the power in just one text or one phone call to help somebody else's mental health. And I think that that is important. All right, let's talk about my hates for this week. Oh man, number one thing I hated this week. The moment when you finish a massage and you have to walk outside of the room and be greeted by your masseuse and like have small talk with them after they just touched every area of your body besides like eight square inches. And then they hand you water and you have to like compliment their technique. And I just wish I never had to meet my masseuse. Let me lay down. You can come in, rub me down and then leave. I've said it once and I'll say it again. I tip more when face to face interaction is limited. Like Uber rides, servers, massage therapists. I want less of you. okay? number two thing I hated this week, trying on sunglasses in public. Why is this so humiliating? I don't know but the mirror is always like a two inch strip on the side of the sunglasses rack. So you have to squat and check yourself out and you just feel absurd. I hate doing it. Number three thing I hate, this is an obvious one that I think most of us hate, diet culture. We talked about this on my Instagram a few weeks ago, but I haven't recorded an episode since then. So this is the first time that I can kind of elaborate on it. But I wanted to talk about how I have always had the mindset that I wouldn't be fully successful until I had my quote unquote dream body. I was always told by the media or people around me that if you gain weight, it's because you're sad or because you're going through something or you're unhappy or unsuccessful. And some people that I talked to when I posted about this on my story, some people experienced the opposite where like weight loss was more worrisome than weight gain. But I can only speak for my experience, which was an intense fear of gaining weight. I wasn't, I didn't experience the opposite of that, but I was so, so, so scared of it because what would other people think of me? Would they think my marriage was suffering? Did they think I was bad at my job? I've always heard people say like, yeah, you know, she gained weight. I wonder what's going on with her. I'm sure that I have said those things in the past too about other people. And it just makes me sick. So I told myself up until about, 11 days ago that I had to lose weight so people knew I was happy. I know, I know, I know. Sometimes talking about body mindset is kind of draining because it's literally everywhere all the time. But I'm just here to tell you that I have entered a new phase of life where I don't think that way. We're gaining weight and we're also thriving. We're going up in pant size and we're also accomplishing more. Weight loss, weight gain does not determine if you're good at your job, if your marriage is happy, or if you're successful in life. So take that diet culture and also Every mom who talks about girls their daughters' ages to make themselves feel relevant, you know, the ones that are like, mm, she put on a little weight. Poor thing must be going through something. I gained 30 pounds and started a successful podcast. So suck it, Carol. All right. It's time for today's topic. This is just, it's it's the worst kind of entertainment, really. And it's another round of bad in-laws. These are perhaps the worst because, you know, bad roommates, bad dates, temporary in-laws. You have to know these people for a while. Some may even say forever. And apparently everyone's father-in-law is in a secret competition to see who can be the biggest perv. And everyone's mother-in-law? Sexual attraction to their son. Okay, shall we discuss? All right. First up, she says, after being a two-job household for the first six-ish years of marriage and through our first two kids, it would make the most sense for one of us to stay home. I had a really good job with solid benefits and a flexible schedule, and my husband didn't have a job that he loved or felt compelled to continue with. So understandably, we decided that he would start staying home with the kids. We knew coming from traditional conservative households that we would get some pushback from parents, but oh, we were not ready for what was to come. My mom was disappointed having been a stay-at-home mom herself, but they were supportive overall. When we told my husband's parents, it was a whole different story. After a number of passive-aggressive comments about my husband not finding fulfillment in being a stay-at-home dad, where I responded with, I dare you to say that to stay at home mom and basically saying it was beneath him, my father-in-law proceeded to say, and I quote, but she doesn't have your same earning potential. Little did he know, I was already making more than my husband, which neither of us really cared about, but I couldn't believe he would actually jump to the assumption that because I'm a female, I wouldn't be able to do as well as my male counterpart. There were words, there was anger, and I'm still the breadwinner three years later with a perfectly fulfilled stay-at-home husband. These are the things that guys say that kill me. They will fight to the death and say there's no sexism in the workplace, there's no proof of a wage gap, and then say out loud that women are not able to earn as much as men. The point was right there, Greg, you almost had it. The thing is, is that even when women out earn their husbands, they're always seen as secondary income, always, because even if they make more, somehow male earned money is worth more. I'll tell you guys my number one financial goal. Okay, maybe my number one and two. One is to afford first class. That's number one. And believe me, when that happens, y'all are going to hear about it. Okay? don't know why I said y'all. I just came out. It came out. I didn't mean it. But number two, I would love to retire Matt. Like he, okay, I'm just going to brag about him for a minute because you guys no, I just, I love him so much. But he, like this whole last year has been our only source of income because I was starting the bad broadcast and we didn't really know where it was going to go. But he was so incredibly cool with me just not working, literally. Like January 2020, I was like, hey, I'm going to just quit my job. I mean, it wasn't a fancy job. I was a barista, but I was like, I'm going to quit my job and just like start this. And Matt was like, perfect. Love it. And then COVID hit and he still didn't push me to get a job. He just wanted me to do the bad broadcast and let this flourish. And so that's my dream. That's my dream is to do the same for him. Why am I going to cry? I love him so much. Is there anything more badass than retiring your husband? I think not. You go, girl boss. (laughs) Um, All right. Next up, she says, I was on my honeymoon and I saw a text on my husband's phone from my father-in-law that said, have you figured out how to make it good for her? Hey, buddy, you're not invited to that conversation. okay? so how about you never, ever, ever comment on anything ever again? Just never speak again. You just don't comment on literally any topic that ever comes up in any scenario. Does that sound good? I feel like that's fair for a father-in-law who's going to say something like that. I'm telling you, you guys, your father-in-laws, father's-in-law, whatever it is, they're in a contest. They are trying to make everybody around them as uncomfortable as possible. Okay, next. She says, if there's one thing to know about me, it's that I love my family. My older brother, next in age to me, recently moved in with my husband and I, moving states away to a city where he only knows us. For background, he has been very overweight his entire life and struggles with self-image, mental health, eds and yo-yo dieting that all boils down to emotional trauma my in-laws had a barbecue last night and invited us and my brother i was hesitant to go because my in-laws are so rude and inconsiderate and my brother is so tender and sweet my brother said he wanted to go so we went at the barbecue they had a salad with balsamic and blue cheese two things my brother hates so he just had a single burger with no bun to try and be healthier and a small handful of chips my skinny ass mother-in-law hounded him in front of everyone right there when we all sat down at the dining table She nearly yelled, What? You don't want any of the salad I made you? Have you ever eaten a salad? Have you ever even heard of a salad? My brother faked a laugh. I was fuming. He loves salad, but he hates blue cheese, I said back. I could feel the heat in my face. I went to the bathroom and cried, and then cried the whole way home, just thinking about how my brother must have felt. Your brother's so tender. Also, we wonder why diet culture runs rampant. What is it with people who will comment on anyone's choices of food? I get an intense rush of rage. When a server comes over and they're like, wow, did you eat all of that? You must have been hungry, you dumb, fat, fatty. Shut up. Don't ever talk about what somebody else eats. The only time you should ever tell somebody when they should not eat something or whatever, when you should comment on what they eat is, one, if they're allergic to it, and two, if it's expired. If it's neither of those things, shut your dumb hole, okay? Next, she says, I'm a new mom and I chose to formula feed my baby. My husband's stepmom's brother. Wow. That's a lot. Those were her words, not mine. I wasn't saying it was a lot. (laughs) Asked how breastfeeding was going. Weird, right? He just asks like it's his business to know. I told him our baby is formula fed and it was going great. And he had the balls to look at my husband and say, well, that sucks for you that you have to help feed him. As if my husband isn't the baby's parent. Okay. This is in that same vein of people who say like, oh, is your husband babysitting today? No, he's parenting. It's not some obscure task to give your son a bottle, okay? I don't think that's above your pay grade as a man. All right. My mother-in-law, oh my gosh, this one's so stupid. My mother-in-law wrote in my Mother's Day card, thanks for being a great, in quotations, mom, to my babies and a great wife to husband's name. So the mother-in-law, are you guys picking that up? The mother-in-law said to her daughter-in-law, thanks for being a great quote unquote mom to my babies. What? I feel like 75% of mother-in-laws need a poster in their home that says, it's not about you. It, It just seems like people are struggling with this. It's not about you. The wedding, not about you. The birth of a child, not about you. The raising of said child, not about you. You're not the second mom to the child. You're certainly not the first. And like, you're not the most important part of their family. Okay, you're a grandma. Babysit and make baked goods. Okay, all right, next. She says, I went over to my in-laws for dinner and at the table, my sister-in-law started bragging about how thin she was, but wasn't sure her actual weight and asked if they had a scale. I kid you not, in the middle of our steak dinner that I was thoroughly enjoying, my father-in-law ran upstairs and grabbed a scale. He then put it in the dining room and had my sister-in-law weigh herself in front of all of us. They were ooing and aahing over how low her weight was and then asked me to jump on. I politely declined. I would rather swallow a tree trunk hole and then be dropped in the middle of the dark ocean than weigh myself, period, let alone in front of people. No. All right. Next. We have so many of these too. I just want to put that out there. Like I'm going to try to get through all of them. I think we will be able to get through all of them. I'm just going to keep reading these off. These are the stories that, so when you guys submit them, they all go to like a Google form so I can read them all at once. And like bad dates and bad roommates, I'll like go through a few. And then I find one that I want to use. In-laws, every time I do this, I could honestly copy and paste into the episode every single submission, every single one. So if yours is not included, just know that it was not because it wasn't terrible, because pretty much every single one that I read was deeply upsetting. (laughs) Okay, next up, she says, at my wedding, my mother-in-law wanted family pictures. Of course, you always get family pictures at the wedding. But no, she wanted family pictures that I wasn't, quote, the center of attention in. I mean, you're only the bride at your wedding. Why do you want so much attention? (laughs) she asked if I could change out of my wedding dress and change into a dress that matched the wedding color so she could have a family picture that I wasn't wearing a wedding dress in excuse me of course I refused and my husband told her that it's our day imagine me taking off my wedding dress on my wedding day just so she could get some family pictures. But if it were one of her daughters in the wedding dress, she wouldn't care. She only cared because I'm the daughter-in-law and I can't look like the center of attention. My sister-in-laws didn't even do their hair or makeup for my wedding, so I, I was gonna look like the center of attention either way. Anyway, don't let somebody tell you not to wear your wedding dress on your wedding day again, mother-in-law, it's not about you. I don't know, man. I don't know. I hate to blame things on like generational. No, I I don't hate to blame things on that. I just think it's the truth uh, on like generational differences. But man, a lot of this like generation of moms and mother-in-laws have like no boundaries when it comes to their daughters-in-law. Like I think it was last episode. Yeah. Last in-law episode where the mom After the wedding reception, like the couple went to their hotel for their wedding night and the mom showed up to like hang out and like did not understand why that was weird. Like it's just there's part of the puzzle missing up upstairs, if you know what I mean. Okay, next. So she says, first off, my in-laws are not always the worst, but sometimes they are. I was talking to my mother-in-law the other day about how I need to get on a workout schedule or start going for walks because I sit all day. She also works a desk job and is in the same boat. My father-in-law walks in and here's what we're talking about. And he's all, just have more sex. Call your husband and have sex in the parking lot once an hour or something. That would be a great workout. Uh, what? He didn't let up there either. And he went on and on about it for at least 10 minutes. And I was so uncomfy. My mother-in-law did not say a thing. Just laughed and my husband wasn't there. Oh Getting trapped, getting trapped in the situation with nobody to, to rescue you. It is, I mean, if your parents, okay, here, what am I trying to say? If your parents make your spouse feel uncomfortable, that is your job to stick up for your spouse. Okay. I don't know if that's like a hard truth to get around. I feel like sometimes I read these stories and I'm like, where's the spouse? Why aren't you stepping in? Like you need to say, Hey dad, maybe don't talk to my wife about having sex in the car once an hour that's weird okay you're moving up in the ranks of biggest perv father-in-law and trust me that's a hard contest to win yet somehow all of these guys make a very intriguing case of why they should be number one okay next She says, my sister-in-law started cleaning up, like putting away tables, chairs, food, et cetera, 30 minutes into my wedding reception because she did not want to be there. That sounds like me at my own wedding. (laughs) All right. My husband's grandpa mentions my boobs every time we see him. He brings it up in various ways. Like, does your baby have teeth? She'll nip those nips once she does. Or don't you just love breastfeeding to my husband with a little smirk? Or I bet you love that she breastfeeds because motion's big boobs. You know, they say they say that old dogs can't learn new tricks, but I'll tell you what old men can do. They can learn new ways to make young women uncomfortable. They can't figure out an iPhone, they can't figure out the Netflix password, but they can figure out a way to make sure that you feel weird. They're very innovative that way. All right. Next up, she says, "My husband was walking from the bathroom to his room in just a towel. He forgot to take his clothes in, and it was just me and his mom there. His mom stared at him." And I mean, gave him the full up and down from the bathroom to the bedroom. You guys, I am telling you, some moms want to hook up with their sons and that's why they hate their daughters-in-law. There's got to be something scientific. Is it an Oedipus complex? Is that what that's called? I think that's the other way around when the son is in love with the mom. Either way, somebody get me some data on that because... Too many of these moms have like a weird attraction to their sons. All right. She says, when my daughter was first born, my mother in (laughs) I forgot about this one. My mother-in-law hated her name. So for the first few months, she called her by a different name. No. No. You don't get to rename your grandchildren. I'm sorry, unless you birthed that child or adopted, of course, you don't get to name the baby. You don't. That's like one of the most set in stone rules that's ever existed. All right. Next up, she says a couple months after my husband and I got married, we were staying at my in-laws for a family get together. They live in a small house in a very small town. There were like 10 people using the same bathroom to get ready. So my husband and I decided to shower together one morning to save time. Absolutely nothing sexual. We were very discreet and showered before most people were awake. A couple of days after we got home, my husband got a call from my mother-in-law and she told him that we were not allowed to do that in her house again. She was having nightmares about it and she was afraid we were going to take it too far. I'm not really sure how a married couple can take it too far, but whatever. Whenever we do anything she doesn't like or offends her as a very prudish lady, then she will call my husband and let him know that she's been having Nightmares about it. There's this very weird thing that happens that I see a lot. Obviously, I live in Utah, very conservative area. A lot of you guys live in Utah, where people think that they're, oh man, how do I even phrase things like this? People think that if you wait to have sex until you're married, which is really common here, then you should also, like, not have sex a lot when you're married. Like it's still bad, you know what I mean? And ooh, there's a bingo on why so many of us are in therapy because of comments like that. I have heard this very often, very, very, very upsettingly often, I would say, where you should only be having sex if it, if you're trying to get pregnant. Like you should not be having sex for pleasure. Mm, that's incorrect. All right. Next up, she says, All right. There are a plethora of funny slash makes me stay up at night and wonder how my life could be different. (laughs) When my husband and I were somewhat newly dating, I went to his parents' house for dinner. I'd met them a handful of times previously, and I felt pretty confident I had their proverbial... Did you have to put the word word proverbial in here? Okay. I had a hard time with it. Proverbial thumbs up. During dinner, his mom kept referring to me as Lexi. Lexi, can you pass the butter? Lexi, do you like your roommates? My name is not Lexi. I was mortified. My boyfriend's mom had forgotten my name. I was way too embarrassed to correct her in front of everybody, especially because we had met seven plus times at this point. After dinner, I asked my then boyfriend about it and he hadn't even noticed, but he said he'd go correct her and he told me not to worry about it. Relieved, I went and hung out with his siblings and assumed it was fixed until my boyfriend came back and told me that no, she hadn't forgotten my name. She just liked the name Lexi better for me. She said that I had too masculine of a name for such a pretty girl. So Lexi was just a better fit for my face. What? I didn't know how to respond. I told him that his mom isn't allowed to rename me. And and I'm so sorry, but Lexi is not my name. It took a while, but she begrudgingly started calling me by my actual name, but she still calls me Lexi every once in a while. I think she's paying me a compliment and she's telling me that I'm too pretty for a boy's name. But I always correct her that I like my name and she laughs and then it says, "Okay." and then a couple months later it will pop up. You know, I didn't think it could get worse than somebody renaming your baby, but it does when your mother-in-law renames you. What are the boundaries? Where are they? Like if you think that you can just rename people willy-nilly... Oh man, I would love to hear what this lady's name is. And then I'm just going to, I would like to call her, like her watch her name be Barbara. And I'm going to be like, listen, Leslie, it's just not working out with the name Barbara. All right, this one I have some particular uh, feelings about and you will talk about it after. So she says, my husband and I have always operated as equals in our relationship. When we got married, we knew that we wanted one last name and decided that out of the two of ours, we liked mine better. So he changed his. While I do think balanced conversations about last names within couples becoming more commonplace is a meaningful step towards equality between men and women, as well as not perpetuating archaic rules based in women being property, it also just isn't that deep. Little did we know what a shitstorm we were creating. When we sat down to talk to his dad and stepmom about it, it became immediately apparent that his stepmom knew exactly who was to blame for this catastrophe, yours truly. She said a lot of shady things about me, and to me since, but her greatest hits from this single conversation are, well, I'm never calling him by that name. And I don't think you understand, but their last name means something around here. And I've never really heard of your last name. Oh, I'm sorry, are you a Rockefeller or something? No, even if he just hyphenated his last name, that would make it a little better. You don't have to change yours than changing tactics. If she's not ready to change her name, maybe she's not ready to be married or have a family. Or maybe she can't let go of her parents. Also, I'm 29 years old. I don't want kids. And my parents live 800 miles away. Saying this happened because I'm a spoiled princess and asking me, did your parents ever tell you no? Can you tell me a specific time that that happened? She says, ma'am, the limit does not exist. Saying over and over, I guess we just don't know you very well. And when I said that I've never felt accepted in their family, telling me, well, it's your job to share yourself with us and make us love you. We've been together six years, and when I tried to call her just to chat, she'd ignore me because she thought I'd bring up difficult subjects. And finally, equating my husband changing his last name to shooting his father. It's been almost three years since we got married. We have no regrets, and she still feels uncomfy with me. But at the end of the day, disliking someone is their choice, and she can choose to dislike me, but I will not choose to dislike her. I always tell my husband, who it should be noted, is the best person I know, that this experience is going to make me such a good person. (laughs) Love your pod, love you. And my cat Crumb only loves butter. So does my cat. All right, let's talk about this whole last name thing, because most of you probably know by now, but I did not change my last name. Murphy is my maiden name, and it's also my married name. And I don't have any, any plans to change it ever. No, not even when we have kids. And I just have a lot of feelings about people's reaction to this. People act like I'm asking them to call me Butthole Jones. Okay. I just want to be called by my name. I just want to be Maddie Murphy. I like my name. It's my identity. There's no reason for us to change, for me to change it. And we have like gone back and forth. If Matt will take my last name, I think we're both like open to it, but it also is just... Part of the reason I didn't change mine is because it's an, it's an annoying process. And then if Matt changes his, we have to still do the annoying process for him. I also just don't care. I don't care to change my last name. And oh man, the comments that I get about it are so hilarious. A lot of people will be like, hey, we're sending out wedding invitations. How would you like yours addressed? Like, what should I put on it? And I'm like, you know, if you just put Maddie and Matt, we'll know who it's for. It'll be great. And they're like, okay, do I put like Mrs. Murphy and Miss or Mr. Or? Like, are you technically Mrs. Murphy? Or are you Miss Murphy? Or are you Ms. Like people are extremely tightly wound about this, I should say. The next comment that I always get is, well, you'll want to change it when you have kids. Okay, so what if my kids take my last name? How's that answer for you? On top of that, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of moms that have different last names than their kids. And I hate when people are like, it's just confusing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, my kid will probably not know who his mom is because that's how every child learns who their mom is, is by their last name, right? Like that's, you have a baby and you say, hello, I'm Mrs. Jones. Nice to meet you. I'm your mother. And then the baby's like, right, yes, thank you. We have the same last name. Now it all makes sense. Like there are a ton of single parents who have different last names than their kids, People put way too much weight into the last name thing, in my opinion. Like, we could get into it, like she was saying about how it's archaic and outdated and whatever. Also, if you want to change your last name, that's wonderful. Obviously, that's what most people do, and I think it's great. But I'm just saying it's also great to not change your last name. I just don't, people are, (laughs) yeah, people are very uncomfortable with it. But I think it's probably more likely that Matt will take my last name. Also, My last name is Murphy and we're both M, So Matt and Maddie Murphy. It just, it sounds good. It sounds good. All right. But uh, yeah, I think everybody needs to really take a big old deep breath uh, about other people's last names (laughs) because it's not that weird. It's not that weird. All right. Next up, she says, not my story, but this is my sister's father-in-law. He insists that the grandkids call him Big Daddy. Is it just us or is that extremely creepy slash borderline porny? Every time my sister tells her kids to refer refer to him as grandpa or papa, or at least Biggie, he gets mad. He must be called Big Daddy. Listen, I know the ruining of the word daddy is probably our fault. Nevertheless, you cannot insist on being called that by young children. Okay? You can't. All right. Next up. She says, my mother-in-law is a crazy conspiracy theorist. Don't get me wrong. I love me a good conspiracy theory. But this woman is straight bonkers. She doesn't believe me that the moon exists. She thinks the government uses a projector to project a picture of the moon every night. I mean, it, I wouldn't roll this out of things, I believe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But oh, I should add this in. Do you, okay, so you guys remember a few weeks ago, I told you about that really mean email that I got when I did the episode with Meg. So the girl who sent it to me after the email, she asked if she could be on the podcast, which was a weird way to follow up an email of criticism. But she said she was like, hey, so I noticed you have a hard time like believing in science. Um, so I would love to come on the podcast and like teach you about the moon. And I was like, no, I'm good. Anyway, that is beside the point. But she says she used to leave my husband and I crazy voicemails in the middle of the night. The ones she would leave him usually said stuff about Blood is thicker than water, so stop choosing your horrible wife over your family. Here is the best one she ever left me. Brace yourselves. You are a horrible and ugly person. I hope your kids hate you when they grow up. You are going to burn in hell because you are an asshole. While I am in heaven high-fiving Jesus, he will tell me, you go, sister. Yeah, she has since gotten on medication and gotten some professional help, so that hasn't happened in a while. Yeah, that definitely does sound like a mental health issue, I would say but let's talk about this concept. Blood is thicker than water. So stop choosing your horrible wife over your family. There is some truth to blood is thicker than water, like the logistics of it. Yes, blood is thicker than water. However, do you owe your family or your parents all of your time just because they are related to you? No. And boundaries are hard. They're hard. They're hard to set with family. They're hard to set with in-laws I totally understand. I mean, oh gosh, it's hard because like obviously not nothing I say is anonymous. So, but we we have had to set some boundaries. We have to set some boundaries and it's it's really really hard, but you can do that. And like you don't owe your family access to your entire life just because they are your family. You don't have to choose them over everybody else just because they're your family. You don't have to, you know, okay your decisions with your parents just because they're family. But it is a really tricky thing to get around. And I don't even, I'm not even sure how to do it. We're figuring it out as we get older and we set more boundaries with, with our families and in-laws and all of that. But, um, can you guys tell I'm like getting itchy talking about this because it obviously hits close to home. Yeah. You, you don't have to sacrifice your well-being or your mental health just for your family because they share the same DNA with you. Okay. That's all I'm saying. All right. Next. She says, my father-in-law is a POS. My in-laws, unbeknownst to me, were in the labor and delivery room waiting while I was giving birth to my daughter. They sauntered on into the room literal seconds after I gave birth. I was naked as the day I was born. I have never heard that phrase. Naked as the day I was born and in obvious distress after having pushed human life out of my gorgeous vagina. I'm sure it is absolutely gorgeous. One of the angel nurses kindly asked the men in the room to look away so they could peel my sweet little babe off my chest to get her stats. My pervert father-in-law did not look away but tried to take a peeky peek at my boobies. I didn't know this until my mother-in-law told me a week or so later. My mom and sisters all witnessed him sneaking a peek. He has also gone bankrupt two times and begs my husband for money and pouts when he says no. See, these aren't the things, guys. You don't owe anybody Respect just because you're related to them. They still have to earn your respect. They still have to work on your relationship. They still have to earn your friendship. I don't understand this concept of like, hey, my dad looks at my wife's boobs, but like, he's my dad. I mean, I'm not saying that's what the husband did. I'm sure the husband was wonderful, but I feel like I hear about that all the time. Like, husbands will just be like, yeah, but it's my dad. It's okay if it's your dad. You still don't have to spend time with him. If he's looking at your wife's nippies, it's probably best to cut off that relationship. Okay. Not cut off, but you know, monitor. I read something really interesting the other day about boundaries since we're kind of on this topic. And I think it's really good for people to hear like people that you're setting boundaries with because boundaries are an attempt to continue a relationship, not punish you. A lot of people think that boundaries feel like punishment. And like, I get that. Of course, like at first blush, it looks like you're being punished. But what it is is that, so say you're a mother-in-law and your son and daughter-in-law are setting some boundaries with you. That's them wanting to preserve the relationship. They're wanting it to be an okay place for them. They're wanting to continue that. They're not trying to punish you. I think that people always get it in their head that like, well, they're punishing me by not spending time with me. And it's like, well, what they could do is not tell you that and then also never see you again them saying like hey we're only going to come over once a week or hey we're only going to do this that's them preserving the relationship and i just think that that's a i don't know i think it's a good a good thing to keep in mind okay i think we have one more my mother-in-law started joint bank accounts for her kids when they were younger her kids are now 29 26 24 and 21 and she refuses to sign them over she says that she would have to die for the bank to take her off she checks on their accounts daily and we'll text them asking what charges are, and we'll always let you know if it's getting low or overdrafted. Whenever you try to talk to her about it, she says she's not spying, but if she opens up the app, she will look. This is just one of the many reasons that she's crazy. A couple days before our wedding, she was being rude to everyone and trying to change what we had planned. I got mad and she said, there are just some things that parents get to decide for their child's weddings. Hell no. Lastly, whenever they invite us over for dinner, we end up making dinner and doing the dishes. All right. What is the worst one of these? These are all from the same person making dinner and doing the dishes. The concept that parents just get to decide certain things for the weddings or spying on the bank account. Honestly, spying on the bank account. That one, my fight or flight kicked in so hard. Like the fact that she won't let it go. Here's the thing. Unless you're putting money into the account, you don't get to see the account. Okay? if you want to drop a few, you know, hundo in there every now and again, you can look at my bank account all you want. But oh, that makes me feel icky. Money is a weird one. Money is a weird one to adjust to when you get married. Oh, I think I, I think we should do a money episode. I talked about this a while ago, but I do want to do a money episode. Matt and I started sharing a bank account for a lot of different reasons, but like right when we got engaged. But it's it's like weird to combine two people's money habits. I mean, I think now I mean, we're five, six years in, so it's we're getting the hang of it. But it is a weird thing. And if I had somebody spying on my bank account every day, you can bet I would drain that money and open a new one. Wait, why don't they do that? Why don't they do that? Because I feel like they have access to it. They could take the money out. Okay. Just, I'm just helping you out with logistics here. All right, let's do another one. She says, I had an extremely difficult time breastfeeding and eventually transitioned to formula. My father-in-law, again, with the father-in-law and the breastfeeding comments, would regularly try to give me advice on breastfeeding. I was a young, emotional, exhausted new mom and anytime I was feeding my son a bottle in front of my father-in-law, he would say to my son, I'm sorry you have to drink this yucky formula. I'm sorry, buddy. He also made comments about my body when I was pregnant and said comments along the lines of, don't worry, your body will bounce back. Okay, the, the breastfeeding and formula thing, I mean, I'm just not a mom, not a hot take, but I don't get this. I understand like when people want to do something like their own way, when people are like, I'm really passionate about breastfeeding, or I'm really passionate about bottle feeding. Like you're passionate about your own decision. Like for sure, for sure. I get that. But when people start infringing on other people's privacy, as they say, what the hell? Seriously, why do you care so much what another baby is being fed? That's what I'm so confused about is that people get so like hot and bothered about a a baby that is not theirs drinking something. Mm, Okay. Well, you're not raising it. Also for the record. I was never breastfed and I'm also my mom's favorite child. So are those things correlated? Probably. I'm just kidding. I'm not my mom's favorite child. She doesn't have one, but I am her favorite daughter (laughs) anyway. All right. Sorry. This next one is good. I keep saying it's going to be the last one, but I'm telling you guys, every single submission is upsetting. Okay. She says it's the first Christmas. My husband and I are married. Unfortunately, that meant that it's his family's year for all of the kids to be at his house. So we fly across the country to spend the entire month of our vacation with them. Ask us why we ever thought this would be a good idea. There was no big fight, no bottles thrown at each other, just 31 days full of passive-aggressive, jealous mother comments that show she is unhappy that her son is married to another woman. To let you in just a little on how little boundaries this woman knows, we were awoken daily by her barging into our room, 20% chance she knocked, even though she never waited for a response when she did, at 7 to 8 a.m. to let us know she was going to work. Okay, do you want an award? Daily. she just walked straight in while we were still in bed sleeping so that she could get a goodbye from her son before she went to work, who was married, sleeping in bed with his wife. She also threw a fit when she walked in the door coming home from work. If nobody immediately said, hello, how was your day? She would say, oh, hello, guys, and then storm off into her room, mumbling about how she isn't appreciated. This is what we call a pick-me-mom. Another instance. The said son gets home from working a job and I ask if he needs anything. He says, maybe just a snack or a sandwich while I go shower. A snack? Sandwich? Sure. I'm happy to oblige. I then get up from the couch I was sitting on with his mother and walk into the kitchen. She follows. He's standing there filling up his water bottle. She says while standing behind him, rubbing his shoulders. Oh, why don't you ask me to make your sandwich? Don't you miss your mommy's sandwiches? Okay. I just need to interject here. If you insist... go by mommy and you only have adult children, seek treatment. Okay. I have to pick my jaw up off the floor and turn back to her so she doesn't see my awe. He says, no, mom, I'm married. Something that he would have have to remind her nearly every day that we were there. Just little comments about us being in the bathroom together, the bath together. (laughs) I've never encountered a bath that both me and Matt could fit in. I've barely encountered a bath that I could fit in. But she said being in the bathroom together or how it's weird that we go to the store together. She didn't like what I was wearing, asked where I was going every time I left the house and who I was seeing. Uh, Nobody, since I don't know anyone around here because I'm from the opposite side of the country. Anyway, good old in-laws. And I only have to deal with one because his dad is not in the picture. I'm telling you guys, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. That's the theme of this. I know they're weird. I know they're hard. But they will save your mental capacity, I promise you but i mean realistically what we all need is a good round of therapy and maybe some pills. but thank you guys for listening. thanks so- to everybody who submits your stories. i read every single one and i my my organs start to contract over how much i'm cringing, but i love them and i love you guys. thank you again. remember to subscribe, rate review, post on social media, whatever it may be, but thank you so much for helping the podcast grow and i can't wait to do more of these. Protect yourself from your in-laws. Okay. I love you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you. So please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind the scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.